I want to talk this morning about a couple of topics. The first is the things that you love. I understand you went to the, the ball game. Many of you went to the Padres game. So anything you say, well, I love, I love to go to ball games. I love chocolate. I love, you know, whatever you would fill in the blank there. Typically, it has to do with the brain chemical dopamine. So dopamine is a motivating chemical. It's going to motivate you to do the things that you love. In fact, when children, oh, eight months, nine months, they start, some people think they look like they're on drugs because they're always smiling and, and, and happy. And, and there is this, this dopamine surge in the brain. And you know that it's dopamine when the child says, do it again, do it again. Yeah. Something that you would say, oh, something that you love. So dopamine, God provided that chemical to motivate us essentially in relationships. Because the first place a child experiences this dopamine is, uh, is with the mother's eyes. So there's something about the eyes that transmit love, it's belonging, and relationship. What happens to many of us is at a certain point, if our relationships are not healthy, if we're not getting what we need from our, our parents, we will start to look for that dopamine in other places. And that gets many of us in, into trouble. And so it is today. There are many sources of, of this dopamine out there, whether it's chocolate, whether it's pornography. God created it to, to actually help our relationships to be healthy. Trying to build healthy relationships allows us to experience that dopamine more often. I want to talk now about one of the things that blocks healthy relationships. Many of us in our lives today experience overwhelm, and we don't even know it. It's part of life. We have so little margin. Earlier this week, I came home. I have a, a handyman that's been helping me, and so I went to look, he was painting one of the sheds behind the house, and so I, I went to examine that. I'm an encourager, and so I want to encourage him, and I encouraged him. I said, wow, that's a, a nice painting job. I was just letting him do what he wanted to do, and one of the doors was blue and one was white. And, and he asked me then, did I want the doors blue or white? It didn't necessarily matter to me, but having to make that decision right then, after a full day's work, I realized as I was struggling with this, I couldn't decide whether I wanted the doors blue or white. The, the, the decision was clearly beyond me. <laughs> <laughs> I was starting to say, well, which is, whichever is easiest. I can't even remember what, what we decided on <laughs> the color to paint the door. But then very quickly, he had been as he was painting, he had a lot of creative time. And so he was thinking about what he wanted to do with the driveway. And so he said, I want to show you something. And we came out to the driveway. 
And he said, see these little cracks here? We can take a saw and cut these pieces out. And as he was talking, I can tell you, every word felt like a little hammer hitting my head. I was just not prepared for this is just a sign of overwhelm. You, you can't take on any more information. It feels, it feels painful. It, every word was painful for me. And of course, one of my gifts is being nice to people. And so I, I let him finish and was trying. But even in trying to be interested in what he was going to do with a perfectly good cement driveway, <laughs> That was just not a, it was not a priority to me, but he, he needed to talk because he'd been alone all day painting. <laughs> so here we're getting some clues. And what I want you to look for and what he missed in me was signs of overwhelm. Let's just interact a little bit. What might some of those signs be? If you're overwhelmed, how might you? Maybe like a closer posture, like body language. Okay, some body language. What would be? Like just an outbreath. Like... A sigh. Good, good. A sigh. Body language. You might cross your arms. Yes, sir. What facial expression? Rolling the eyes. Rolling the eyes. Good. <laughs> I used to get a pretty good clue when Sherry says, I can't handle anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so you actually, that, that is unusual. You've got someone who would express overwhelm like that. Most of us don't. Most of us are trained, right? Most of us are trained that it's a weakness to express overwhelm, or it's a sign that you're weak. And so we don't express it. And so, but that's fantastic. Yes? In the mouth. I always see my husband's mouth. So something, what, what about the mouth? It'll drop. It'll change. Okay. Okay. And it's not, how about the eyes? Glassy. How about gaze aversion? I was looking down. I was looking, trying to look at the cement. So gaze aversion, looking down, changes in the mouth. Yes. It's like a tapping finger, toe. Some little nervous twitch. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Yes. I don't know why, but I tend to like rub my forehead. Rubbing your forehead? And one that some of us may not be aware of is laughter. <laughs> Very important that you not only understand your, the way you express overwhelm or signs that you're getting it, in your physical body, how does it feel? I was feeling something like almost a nausea in my stomach as this was happening. What are you feeling when you're overwhelmed so that you are able to express it to the person that is overwhelming you? Why is this important? It's important because usually it's not the handyman. In a handyman situation, you can handle it a little bit better. That's a, that's a, a low risk event, but if it's a family member, if it's your wife, your spouse, or your child, this is what I hear so often. It's often the woman who says, you know, I start to talk to him, and then he's not listening. And so the answer, of course, is 
turn up the volume. <laughs> Obviously, to get through to him, I become more animated because he's not listening to me. And I want to suggest to you, if he is overwhelmed and you're not reading those cues, like so many of us, when we finally get up the nerve to talk about it, we have to dump the whole truck. We've got to say everything so it's off our chest, and I feel so much better. And because I've said it so loud, I'm sure he's heard me. I'm telling you categorically, that's not true. Once we're overwhelmed, we're not even hearing. I don't even remember what he was going to do with the cement. All the important things that you're trying to communicate if the other person is overwhelmed. This is why it's so important to understand your overwhelm signs and the signs in the person you're going to be discussing this with. If it's a child, this is also important. And many of us make a lot of mistakes with children because they are overwhelmed very easily, very quickly. And we also raise our voices. And what damage is done when we continue to deliver the message to someone who's overwhelmed, it breaks trust. It breaks trust. You do not trust a person who goes over your boundaries. Essentially, overwhelm is a boundary. And this person now is pushing through your boundaries to deliver something that's very important to them. So with, with children, this happens. With our, our mates, it happens that we start to break trust. And then now, we, I can't trust you to care about me. I've got to now care about myself. And so I'm going to start backing up and putting up some walls because you're not safe for me. That in your relationships now, I want to give you a, a two, three, five minutes to, to make some mental notes or talk to the person you came with today uh, about, number one, your overwhelmed signs. What do you do? What does it feel like? Or maybe even share an example of the last time you were overwhelmed and maybe go through and figure out what it, what it felt like in your physical body so that you can recognize when it's coming up is certainly stress. And when we're under stress, we tend to make very poor decisions. So recognizing overwhelm in ourselves and others is, is very helpful because the research shows that we know when we're physically tired, but often we do not understand or appreciate when we are emotionally tired or exhausted until you hear that hammer on your head and you realize, oh, this, this is it. I'm overwhelmed. I didn't realize it when I came down to look at the painted garage. Obvious I am now, so very quickly I need to make some steps so that I don't get uh, too far depleted. So just spend some time doing some homework, uh, some work with yourself, with the person you came with, and discussing among yourselves um, signs of overwhelm in you and in others, and maybe even some examples of where it went wrong and potentially some of us need to go back and apologize to a person when we recognize, wow, I've done that. Um, that probably broke trust. And if I go back now, and I, I, I can still repair that.
not recognizing overwhelm cues uh, in yourself means that you're going to blow and you're not going to know why or what happened. I hear so many you know, mothers, they'll say, you know, uh, if they've got a toddler at home, I know I'm going to lose it at some point today, I just don't know when. <laughs> right? This is someone who is suddenly overwhelmed, but we're really not suddenly overwhelmed. We need to become students of ourselves to understand, first of all, what erodes our emotional reserves. a student of yourself and you know what erodes your emotional reserves, you can better gauge when you might blow up and take some appropriate measures to make sure that that, that doesn't happen. Because then you have to go back and apologize and all of this and there's a on all of us. But oftentimes we don't know our limits until we've gone over them. We say, okay, let's deconstruct that problem. How did I get here? or ill, or your back hurts, or, you know, pain pushes you close to, closer to overwhelm. There are things to know about yourself and also notice in your spouse if, you know, if they've hurt themselves recently or if they're not feeling very well. Having these discussions, planning them, let's talk about this again. I recognize you're overwhelmed. When can we schedule to have this discussion? One of the reasons that we see so much burnout in the workplace and at home is because people are, go are so close to overwhelm all the time. Driving a car just too hard, your body cannot handle that. Your relationships greatly depend on you being at peace. We do relationships very poorly when we're stressed. And, and your, your relational abilities, you can start to gauge them if you just want to make the person or the problem go away. If, if that person in front of you, who at some point in the past you really loved, but now you just want them to go away, or you just want this problem to go away, you can recognize in yourself your relational circuits, your ability to relate is low. And once you recognize that, you become a student of yourself, and you recognize a little light on your dashboard should go off. Something in me is wrong. I think it's all them, but something in me is wrong because I just want to make the person or the problem go away. Or the problem has become larger than the relationship. If the problem is larger than the relationship, something in you, there's a stress happening, there's an overwhelm, and you need to get your relational circuits back on because something has gone off, offline. You have become, and, and you see this when, you, when you're late, when you're driving. Right? You are so focused on getting there, the person in front of you is an obstacle in your way. It's not even a person. Yeah. <clears throat> 
So as you look in your, at your family members, if they are an obstacle to you getting some peace or getting what you want, your relational circuits are down or they're off or they're, they're dim. They're not, you're not relating. You're not full of joy and love. Something is crowding that out. And I hope the next six months we're all going to become better students of ourselves so that we can honestly look at ourselves, not as who we pretend to be or the faces we put on as I was with my handyman with a smile on my face with that hammer hitting my head trying to, to make him feel good while we talked about the cement. We're able to say, you know, that not a, this is not a good time right now to discuss the cement. Let's wait and do that another time. I'm not going to be able to receive that information. And that's actually very helpful to them. And it's good for, for the other person to start recognizing you have values and what's going on with you is a very important part of the relationship. Here are some other things. My mind is locked onto something that's upsetting me. If my mind is locked onto something upsetting me, and I keep reviewing that, I'm going to have difficulty with someone coming with new information. So I, I call it sometimes blender brain. You just, <laughs> over and over and over it goes in your mind. You can't, you can't get rid of this. It takes a lot of energy. I will say one thing about anxiety. And anxiety, which is often what causes this blender brain, is that we've gone to the future, and God is not there. We're all alone out there with this pain in our stomach that we think is cancer, or this, my child failed the test, and now he's going to be on the street. Whatever we've done, all the way out there, we've, we've projected God's not out there. And so one of the ways to help us with our anxiety is with your worries, as we take them to God, and we say, God, whatever happens, if they live or die, I live or die, what happens in my family, you are going to be with me on that day. And I will be praying to you. I will be celebrating with you. I will be talking to you the whole way. As we discuss relationships with each other, we are learning how to relate to God. Hear me well. When your relational circuits are down or they're off, you are also not talking to God. Prayer, talking to God, is actually, for most people, more difficult than talking to a person because you actually must use your imagination. You have to imagine there's someone there, and, you're, and what's the look on his face, and all of these things. We talk about prayer as if it's something easy to do when you're stressed. It's not. And so give yourself a little bit of a break when you find it tough to pray in, when you're having an argument, when you're having a difficult time. But if you're having trouble praying, Probably your relational circuits are down. Stress has been uh, taking over. You are overwhelmed. What can you do now to get your relational circuits back on?
the main way, I will say, the main way to get your relational circuits back on is through appreciation, gratitude. Oftentimes, it's the last thing you want to do when you're upset. It's very, very hard to do, but it is necessary. It gets your relationships, your relationality, your relational circuits back on. I'm so out of it or so far down, I will just start with my eyes. God, thank you for my eyes. Thank you that I can see. You've got to, you've got to start where you are. And, and as you start to give gratitude, well, I take that for granted that I can see because everyone else can see too. But well, no, it's, some people can't see. That's actually important. God, thank you that I can see. <clears throat> thank you for my ears, eyes, you know, whatever it is. Start to develop gratitude, even for small things. And that, not immediately, see, we all want a microwave solution, but over time, that will get your relational circuits back. You may need to do that. And as soon as you recognize that they're down or they're off or there's a problem, you're just not relating well, you need to get some time alone. You need to go for a walk. Many of us will actually try to divert our attention at that point and watch a video or a movie or put the music on. And I just want to encourage you that when you want to run away or escape, what you really need is, is to connect. What you really need is relationship. You're not getting what you need, and so you're looking for another source of dopamine in your movie or your chocolate or your alcohol or whatever you, your diversion of choices. So as you open the refrigerator, I want you to think, be a student of yourself. Why? What is, do, am I hungry now? Or is this emotional eating? Am I, am I escaping from something that I actually need to talk with God about? Well, I'm having trouble talking with God. I don't think he's listening. Well, we, you don't feel that he's listening. We know from, Proverbs, or from Psalm 100, we enter his gates with thanks. Giving, we enter his courts with praise. Right? It's saying, are you having trouble connecting? Appreciation. That's going to get your brain chemistry back on track. Now, these stress chemicals are very powerful. Appreciation often gives you some oxytocin. It's a good chemical, but it's often fleeting. The stress chemicals are, are pretty <coughs> powerful, and they can stay for, I think, once you're in stress for six minutes, it can last like 22 hours. So it affects your body. So, for, so if you're thinking, I'm just going to give a thank God for my eyes and I'm going to feel great about life again, <laughs> that happens you know, when you're 15 months old. You've got all this dopamine in your brain and you fall down and you cry and you get back up and you're just smiling. It's, it's so quick, which shows you the power of dopamine. So being able to get it is going to be important for you to learn how you get it and where to get it in a healthy way through relationships. But I bet if you start to think about the last time you were overwhelmed and think about how your, how your physical body felt, what you felt in your stomach, like I said, next time you go to the refrigerator, and some of this is actually... This is where God comes in. He says he will lead you. He will guide you into all truth. 
so he wants you to know. He wants us to know. Most of us, actually, it's easier to live life naive. The less I know, the more I can just react. It's just easy to react. I have a built-in habit pattern that you say this, and I'm going to say this. And then we have a spat, and then we know how we all fix that, or we ignore it, or whatever has happened in your family of origin, that's, that's the way it goes. So if you want to change that, you know, start to notice. And then talk to someone about, OK, this is the way it felt for me when you said that. And, see, and hopefully that person is safe to even discuss that with. But this is how, this is how I felt. I'm still becoming a student of, my, of myself. Family of origin stuff, and then I had a very rigorous medical training, and this is the way I'm supposed to react. This is what neurosurgeons act like. This is what they do. They don't typically share their feelings. So I, I'm noticing more and more, this is how I felt. I just noticed with my handyman this week. I, wow, I didn't notice. I, I let people sort of run over me verbally and just continue to take it in order to please them so they feel good about themselves. Well, God is still working with me, and I think we're all on this, on this journey. Asking for other people's input. People see my blind spots a lot more easily than I do, and if I can trust them, that we can talk about these things in a safe way. I think creating safety so that we can, we can grow in atmospheres of grace. The medical community neurosurgical training is not an atmosphere of grace. <laughs> I have to journal, honestly. I, I don't do that well. So I have to, and so one of the things, I take a Sabbath. I usually, often I'll be speaking on Sunday. So I take a Friday night to Saturday night Sabbath, and I shut off my phone, and I try to really connect with God. No electronics, no email. It's hard every week. I walk by the computer, I twitch a bit, and I just find <laughs> Why do I do that? That is where I get a lot of dopamine. Right? You understand from that, that's actually the beginning of an addiction. I just need to check. Don't I just need to? Oh, somebody might have texted me. Addiction, dopamine. You're getting, why are these cell phones so popular? It's dopamine. It's like a casino. Maybe that is, maybe that's a message from someone I want. Might be money, sex, power. What, what is it coming this time? Becoming a student of where you get your dopamine, and then when your dopamine supply gets shut off, we get angry. And so, and so noticing that is also becoming a student of ourselves and being able to talk, honey, this is what I saw in you when your dopamine was shut off, <laughs> when you couldn't watch your ball game, when your team lost, or whatever it was. But I have to journal because oftentimes I don't know why I'm doing Why am I so upset? Why am I so irritated? And I'll have to start writing the different things that are bothering me, why they're bothering me. Is there something I can do about them or not? Can I trust God? And, and my Sabbath clears time for that. And I think that's important to, to also teach ourselves and our children. Can we quiet ourselves? Dopamine is something that we love, and we love it all the time. But the way God created us is that we can't have it all the time, or we shouldn't have it all the time. Very high mental illness is associated with people who cannot quiet themselves. 
They cannot quiet. So if you're going all the time and you feel a little bit down and so you turn a movie on and, you're, and, and you see kids like this, they're stuck with the screens. They cannot quiet. We're not teaching our children to quiet. Reading a story, just relaxing with the, with the relationship. We've always got to have the stimulation. We've got to have the casino. We've got to have more dopamine. And the marketers love it because they sell us stuff. I think we need to stop. Do we need to stop there? OK. Uh, Father God, we just thank you for this group. What a great group it is. I just feel your spirit so powerfully and wonderfully here. And I pray each of us would recognize when our relationships are depleted or down, especially our relationship with you, because you are hurting when you can't connect with us, and we want to be able to connect with you. So I pray a blessing on each of these people, especially on their relationships this week. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. Thank you.